welcome everyone to episode number one of Beers in the Lot, a hockey podcast by four beer leaguers who play pretty bad hockey, drink beer, and talk about real hockey. Uh, since this is episode number one, we're probably going to be as good at podcasting as we are at hockey. So terrible, but bear with us. We'll figure it out. Um, we're going to talk about hockey basically the way we talk about it in the parking lot after we play. So expect to hear mostly stuff about the NHL, uh, some tales from coaching and stories from our league and tournaments and uh, not insignificant amount of everything else. Um, we're going to have a strictly 20 minute podcast because 30 minutes is a pretty good time frame and you can really fit a lot into 45 minutes. So for the next hour, we're going to talk about the bubble the state of playoffs next season, question mark, like cap and training and all that stuff. And Nathan McKinnon uh, and some other good players, too. Um, first, though, some background on us. Um, we're only going to do this the first episode. Next time, we'll be hockey stuff a lot sooner. Um, but none of us are total benders. Uh, we get on the board most games, but uh, probably the one who most often affects the scoreboard is going to be Daniel. Um, he probably scored five goals last game, and he knows a lot more about hockey than he lets on. Uh, then oh, we got hey, Eric. Me. <laughs> then we got Eric. This guy played some college hockey. He coaches and he knows fancy stats. Uh, he can actually tell you what a Fenwick and a Corsi are, uh, but don't ever talk to him about plus minus. Um, <laughs> then John minus is bad. Uh, has his finger on the pulse of decent hockey. Not just the N, not just the A, but he knows NCAA, he knows the Q and the junior leagues, even knows European leagues. Uh, and all three of these guys have forgotten more about hockey than I'll probably ever learn. Um, I'm Aaron, and I talk good when I rehearse. Um, I'll be the MC and the sayer of, okay, guys, next topic. So <laughs> I know my share of hockey, but next to these guys, I look pretty casual. Um, I'll probably talk about some six-round prospect at some point because he ended up on my be a GM mode in NHL 20 on Xbox, but uh, that's about it. Um, so that's enough ado. It's time for some beer, time for some hockey. Let's crack these open. Oh, oh yeah, first good. one's always the best. First one's always, always the best. best. So, the bubble. Zip bubble. Zip bubble. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think these guys are doing? I mean, we just saw Tuca basically say, I'm out. Um, that's got to be, I, I guess we got some new information about he had something going on family life. But uh, do you think more guys are going to be dropping out? Like, this is probably going to be a theme, right? So, I, I don't know. Like, I, the Tuca situation is, is interesting, right? Because, um, you know, the Friday before he was complaining that there's no fans and the atmosphere was terrible and he couldn't get into the games. And then, uh, you know, that Saturday he quits, um, conceivably quits, right? Um, and then we find out, uh, you know, either yesterday or today that, um, you know, his daughter had a, a medical emergency and, um, he wanted to leave immediately, which is totally understandable. Um, uh, you know, the good news is the bubble's working, right? Like, yeah, NHL how many teams, right? Like, uh, I, I don't know, but they've tested three or four times now, all the staff, all the players, all the coaches, um, they've had zero positives, um, 
they get to play games. We're <laughs> well into the first round of whatever we're calling the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, so late in the, into the summer in August. Um, so that's the good news, right? Um, I, I don't know. What do you think, John? I, I like the bubble. I like the way it's worked. It's had some pretty good stories. Um, the two good thing on, is pretty unfortunate. I mean, I know leading up to it, he kind of did some interviews with the uh, Nesson group in the Boston area and even said, you know, during the time I was really spending a lot of time with my kids, all that. Um, so wish him well, hope his family's all right. I do know the one thing I was thinking about too, him being a goaltender, I haven't noticed any lack of intensity from any of the games. There's been scrums, there's been some blood, you know, in, in terms of uh, the way these guys are treating the games. They're not, they're not treating it like an exhibition. I know the first couple of days when they did do the exhibition round and some of the round robin, we all kind of were like, Oh geez, this is a little weird, but clearly it was a more, let's get our, let's get our bodies moving. We don't want to get hurt. And then when the games really started to count, I mean, there was no shortage of issues. I mean, especially last night with the caps and Isles game, it kind of looked like uh, both teams really woke up. So I definitely say from the player's point of view, it looks like they're totally involved. The goaltender, because you're somewhat separated from it, the crowd noise probably does keep you in locked into that mentally a little bit. So that, that's just my two cents. And I'm, NHL, we, we haven't had anyone uh, try to get snuck into the bubble like they have in the NFL and the NBA and no players have <laughs> left or anything. So I, I guess it's working. So. No casino so. trips. Danny, you like the bubble? What do you like? Yeah, it's, I think it's working. I think it's kind of uh, it's kind of like a nice tournament uh, feel to it. Uh, kind of brings them back to uh, when they played when they were younger. Uh, I think everything's working. I think uh, the thing with Tuca was definitely just a a one-off type of situation, um, like a family issue. You know, you you can't you can't uh, yeah, deny up. that. I mean, if anything happened to my family, I would definitely be out. So. Uh, you can't you can't hate him for that, but uh, yeah, I think the bubble's working. I think it's good, and we're seeing plenty of drip out of these players too. I mean, you oh, yeah. you're telling me all the, the stuff you were watching about Toronto, John. Lots of so cool. Yeah, lots of swag. So so some of the teams have had a, a more lax dress code. Um, so if you kind of look at teams like Chicago, for example. You know, Jonathan Taves, Captain Sirius, whatever you want to call him, he's been showing up in a suit pretty much the entire time. And quite a few of the guys on the Penguins I know when they were in it, showing up in suits. And then Arizona has these uh, track suits that they're wearing, you know, kind of almost youth hockey-like. The kids are showing up to the game in their track suits. <laughs> and then Toronto apparently had no form of dress code, and the players were wearing whatever. I was following a few of the Instagram accounts, just watching <laughs> what they were wearing to the games between, like, the Yeezys and, uh, <laughs> you know, all the other cross-body bags, which is essentially a fanny pack, but, you know, it's 2020, so you can call God, it. God, I hate not. this thing. But, uh, Marner, Matthews, and Nylander, yeah. Matt, yeah, we're, I mean, we're not super old, but those are fanny packs. Like, yeah, that's fanny yeah, packs. Those are fanny packs. We all know. Fanny packs. Yeah. <laughs> fanny packs. Someone, someone just picked it up and was like, oh, why do I got to wear it on my waist? Can I wear it? You know you didn't buy that in the <laughs> men's department. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly. They bought it They bought it at a gift shop in Florida. That's exactly where they bought it. How about, how about this? Do you think they even bought it? 
Do you think that maybe some of these companies gave them this gear to wear because they knew they're in the bubble, the cameras are going to be on them when they're walking to the arena, we're going to get our stuff on national broadcast TV for one of the, you know, major sports that's returning to play? Like, I, I bet, like, those guys were getting paid off, if not just Probably. getting free stuff, you know? Well, the one Christopher Steeg is What's on it? Instagram now, and he made a mention about that, where NHL players, because of the dress code, they are missing out on hundreds, possibly even, you know, into millions, you know, year long, you sure. know, throughout the league, where players could, if you lax the dress code, within reason, obviously, um, you know, we don't need Borat swimsuits showing up <laughs> to the games or anything, but... <laughs> But they, uh, you know, if you lax it, maybe to some extent, they could wear some more designer stuff in terms of hoodies, jerseys, hats, other apparel, all that jazz. You know, that, that's a good marketing thing yeah. for the players. I mean, yeah, just random endorsements. And I'm sure there are some guys that maybe will still do suits, et cetera. But that the fashion has been an interesting side because it's one thing you never see out of the NHL. So we want to talk about the uh, the current state of these playoffs and how nobody's still in it that should be, and <laughs> I wouldn't Whoa, say nobody, but that's not you know, true. <laughs> there's a lot of underdogs in there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but they're I also losing. Star- <laughs> but we're but we're also starting to see um, like the 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 so-called round robin teams start to emerge. Right, they're starting to take those one and two game leads in the series, they're starting to get to the elimination games now. Um, you know, like the Boston's and the Colorado's and, and these type of teams, right They're and Vegas, obviously, you know, winning their series against Chicago. So I think the teams that everybody thought were supposed to do well for the most part are um, maybe teams like, you know, Washington's an under underperformer. Um, you know, just based on historical uh, or recent history, right? Um, uh, maybe a team like um, St. Louis, who's expected to be a little bit stronger out of the gate, um, you know, uh, against Vancouver right now, like they're tied up. So uh, who knows, right? Um, but I don't know. It, it's, it's good competition, at least. Like John said, I, I think the guys have really risen to the challenge now that we're actually in like playoff mode we're in real stanley cup playoffs um you're starting to see some of the nasty come out you're you're really seeing the the competition ramp up you know i think we've seen uh the teams who i guess you would say uh should be moving on uh kind of move on today right so we saw what boston moved on uh colorado moved on uh, Lightning moved on. Uh, I guess we're kind of waiting on the uh, the Philly Montreal game right now, but um, you know they they're probably going to pick it up in the third period here. I wouldn't you know uh, I wouldn't doubt seeing them move on tonight as well. Um, but I, I think the teams that, that should be winning in the first uh, or I guess this is the second round technically, but what uh, is I the guess, playoffs? Guess, yeah, the, second, the, first round. The, uh. the Corona playoffs, right? Anything yeah. can happen. What is the playoffs? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are uh, the teams that should be moving on are actually moving on. So uh, I guess we'll see uh, in the uh, coming days here if that continues the trend. There. 
The one so, thing that's been kind of special about it in a way is there's a lot of teams that were on that bubble of they were 10th, 11th, et cetera, place. So some of those teams, unfortunately, like Florida, for example, they were they got knocked out pretty early. Minnesota, you kind of knew what was going to happen with those teams, unfortunately. They get a few games, maybe put up a fight, et cetera. But, you know, Vancouver, they're kind of ahead of the curve of where they should technically be in their rebuild, retool however you want to call it, after the C. Dean's retired. Bo Horvat, who's a captain, watching more of his games than I normally would in a regular season because if it's a West Coast game, ideally, I want to watch Calgary for, you know, the young guys they have and obviously Edmonton. I want to watch those teams. That That's more exciting to me. But watching a lot of the Vancouver stuff with Bo Horvat and Peterson and Besser, those guys were a nice surprise. Montreal, too. I mean, they have some players on that team where – Going into the playoffs as a Penn fan, I kind of said, ah, it's going to be a tough series because they have Carey Price. But the, the majority of the team, you know, showed up to play. Carey Price did his job. He stole he stole goals in that series, unfortunately, from the Pens. It is what it is. Um, but Suzuki's had a decent playoff. Um, Max Domi, I would like to see more out of him. It's kind of unfortunate. I don't know what what's going on with him. Gallagher's been okay, so-so, but kind of the found money for some of those teams and the rebuild, kind of finding out what they actually do have versus kind of waiting a full year has been kind of nice too. Definitely. So talking about season and waiting a full year, <laughs> uh, what are they going to do for this next season? Like we, we, we had a couple of arguments over this past week actually about – whether or not we should implement socialism in the <laughs> NHL or communism. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so, like, the cap, for instance, the cap's going to be 82.1 or 81.2, whatever it is, and it's kind of coming to light that basically nobody's going to spend the cap because they're not getting the money from tickets and all this other stuff. Uh, what, do we got, what do we think about this? I'm going to let John start because... <laughs> He, he knows. <laughs> he thinks he thinks it's gonna really impact stuff. I'm gonna have the exact He's the cap guy. <laughs> I, I I really I really do think some of your bigger market teams, New York for example, just the area they're in, the marketing dollars they get, Toronto, Montreal, I do think possibly Edmonton just because of the team they have. And you look at some of the you know, traditionally it would almost subtract it and go back like years before the salary cap. The teams that didn't operate technically with an old school salary cap, those are the teams that you're going to see spend some dollars. Um, and it's going to, I think for those teams, it's going to be a good way for them to kind of alleviate some of their problems where they can kind of go, okay, we have free agents here, but guess what? Now we can replace those guys with hopefully guys that are going to, you know, step in and fill those roles. I also do think on the flip side too, teams like Toronto, New York, you know, bigger market teams that want to spend to the cap, they're going to help out other teams that, for example, can't spend to the cap this year. I know there was an article in the athletic about the penguins. They're going to operate. Technically it's a rumor, but you don't know. And I, we'll see what happens. Cause a lot of stuff is still up in the air. They may not operate under that 82. They may slash upwards of $7 million this upcoming year. And they have a lot of free agents slash unrestricted free agents on that team, including two goaltenders. You have to sign one. So how they're going to use that very, you know, their new roof of the 
salary cap's going to be interesting too. Um, and then you throw teams Seattle in Arizona and Florida. Well, yeah, and Seattle's going to be late next year, but also we'll see if they're allowed to be active, you know, middle of the season. Normally the trade deadline before you're allowed to kind of do some stuff, so we'll see. But I think teams like Arizona, Florida, that generally don't spend to the cap or have a different number, that's going to hurt those teams significantly mm-hmm. big time, I think. Yeah, but I – so on the other side of that, I don't think – it is going to hurt those smaller market teams just because they're already operating at such a thin margin anyway, right? Um, they don't they don't have the gate. You know, Arizona doesn't have the gate that New York does or Toronto or Montreal or even Edmonton. Um, even though that's considered a smaller market, it's still a Canadian market with a fairly successful team and some exciting players. So they, they you know, they draw fans and they fill the seats. Um, if we're filling seats next season, we'll see. But, you know, I, so I, I do agree that, like, the smaller market teams definitely have a disadvantage going into it, like they always do. I don't think it's as great as maybe you think it's going to be. I think it's, where it's going to hurt is it's going to hurt individual free agents because they're not going to have the free agent market available to them if there are teams that are looking to make up revenue by, you know, slash and salary cap. Um, on their own, um, right. you know, less than whatever the, the 82 or the 80, 81 million number is. Um, but I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to affect all of those smaller market organizations. I think, I think everybody's pretty much playing by the same rules here. I think the, the, you know, they let 24 teams into this, uh, you know, uh, qualifier Stanley cup playoff format. Um, which means there were only really eight teams that are out of all of the TV revenue sharing. I'm sure they still get some of the money because they're part of the league. Um, so, you know, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, I think everybody's pretty much playing by the same rules and, and under the same parameters. It'll have an effect on individual free agents, I think. Going back to the goalies, though, you know, like you mentioned, Pittsburgh has two free agent goalies. One of them's gone, right? One probably stays, one leaves. Maybe both go. Who knows, right? Um, that The goalie market is going to be flooded with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got both the Pittsburgh goalies. You've got potentially Holtby out of Washington. Um, I don't know what Minnesota's situation is. Like, you've got all these guys coming up um, that – could potentially flood the market and even, you know, devalue uh, goalie free agents going into this. So that's I look at it from that that player's perspective. I think that's who's really gonna, if you want to use the word, suffer um, out of the financial situation that they're coming into next year. Yeah, definitely. And with the other thing too, with the goalie markets. There are there are more teams than I can ever recall that where you're kind of like oh you got a goalie eh, do you really have a goalie like Minnesota we know Ottawa no Edmonton still up in the air Calgary they have Riddick and Talbot do you feel really comfortable let's see what the playoffs go Pittsburgh Washington obviously um, you know New Jersey they need a goalie something bad. Uh, Carolina has Reimer and Morazic. How comfortable do you really feel after two yeah. years? Yeah. Flaming out. Um, you know, and 
Dallas, Kadobin's been playing, playing very well, but Ben Bishop is your starter on paper and he's not playing. So, you know, and, and the other thing too with the goalies, there's a lot of quality goalies that are not younger that could be on the move too. Like Lundy, you know, he's a little older, but, you know, I'm sure he could win some games behind the right team. Devin Dubnik out of Minnesota. There's talk about Frederick Anderson because they need to just shake it up. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you would get rid of a goalie who kind of, <laughs> yeah, I, I just. Uh, They're I just going to overreact. The They're just going to overreact because yep. they didn't do what they thought they were supposed to do. Oh, they had to get in the playoffs. Because, so, you know, right. And now up. that, now that guy's <laughs> scoring goals and putting up, you know, points like crazy in Colorado. And uh, he's a key piece of, you know, them dismantling Arizona. <laughs> and dismantling my chance at 50 bucks. Don't worry, I'll pay you, John. <laughs> Yuri, I got it. I got the notification. You I'm got good. my paper. All right. I can't wait to buy lotto tickets with that. <laughs> my five scratch dollars. <laughs> hey, come on. That's, I mean, it's a stupid bet when you lose it. But, hey, if I'd won, I mean, the bet was what? There's five dollars to you if arizona gets bounced from the playoffs it doesn't win the cup 50 bucks to me if they win come on that's that's a fun bet what if they'd won so that was 23 23 teams for five dollars or you're one for 50 yeah. i like my odds with you picking arizona i'll just say that i really like my odds so buy it, yourself some scratch offs and turn yeah. it into another 10 yeah <laughs> It was a good yeah, bet for all parties. Aaron knew he was losing five dollars. I knew I was going to lose, it. <laughs> and he was okay with that. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, I think was he was he was totally well aware. I was totally um, aware. Kind of where we're on the, uh, you know, kind of I guess because we're on the topic of really bad bets. Who are some players from the playoffs right now that you're really like jazzed to see or not so? Danny, why don't you go first? Oh, I think everybody agrees with McKinnon. I mean, he's awesome. He's, he's so man. fun to watch. He's just <laughs> yeah. He's just a beast. I mean, his skating is so strong and he just takes it to the net hard every every freaking shift. I mean, he's just all over the ice. Uh who I'm not jazzed to see. I don't know. You might have to come back to me on that one. <laughs> Can't really think. There's there's a lot of players that I'm not really jazzed to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean McKinnon is like I I don't really want to say it, but I mean, okay, he's the best player that's still playing right now. Like, <laughs> yep, like, I'll say oh, it. Oh, without way. a doubt, without a doubt, I'll say it that way. Like that kid is just like you said. Like he's his, his skating, his uh, just he's. You know, like in baseball, they say the five-tool player, right? He's a five-tool player. He has everything. The biggest thing for me with him is just how he um, he's able to, like, anticipate plays. Like, he finds he finds um, the soft areas on the ice that are not being defended, and he gets open and, you know, Rantanen or, or no, Vatanen, right? Is that the guy in Colorado? Which one? Which which Finn is on Colorado? <laughs> Rantanen. Rantanen. Rantanen finds him, or or Landeskog finds him. You know, like it. It's just, but he he finds that 
he has that like sixth sense to know where to go on the ice, when to skate, when to use the speed and when to maybe like delay a bit and sit back and then wait till the space opens and then hit it. You know, he, he just has that, like that eye and that mind that I think is amazing. And then, you know, he's like, he's huge. I mean, the guy is, <laughs> he's thick, right? Like yeah. he's just, with two he's Z's. just, he's just big. Yeah. Too thick with two Z's. <laughs> and he just, he could just two manhandle Z's. people. Like when, uh, what's his name? Uh, Krauss on Arizona the other night was getting stupid. Like yeah. McKinnon comes over and was going to like put him in a old pro wrestling DDT move and like break <laughs> his neck or something. Yeah. Just, and then he just like shook him around like a dog with a rag toy or something. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, that guy is so strong and just, I mean, he's good, smart, strong, everything you want. Um, I love watching him play. Yeah. Who who have you been disappointed by in the playoffs so far? <laughs> so, uh, well, <laughs> until last night, <laughs> uh, people will know when this was recorded, I guess. But until last <laughs> night, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov on the Caps. I mean, I'm a Caps guy, right? I grew up with them, and you know, in the 18 season when they win the cup, like he he led the playoffs in in scoring, right? And he was he was a key contributor to that. And then they go into these playoffs, and he looked. You know, he looked like one of us <laughs> on the ice, like slow, just making really dumb decisions with the puck, passes into people's feet, passes, you know, way in front of him or way behind him. You're, you're definitely uh, talking about me at pickup. <laughs> yeah, when you when you when you lined up three pucks and I stood still at the other circle in warm up and, and you passed it five feet to my right each time <laughs> yep but that's what he was doing like that you were you were, like Kuznet, a... you were kuznetsov <laughs> and then but see the, the frustrating thing about that and the reason why i'm disappointed mostly is because we know from the past that he could contribute uh he comes into this playoffs needs to be a key contributor with Nicholas Backstrom going down with the concussion in the first game. So that elevates Kuznetsov's minutes, right? He's now the number one center on that team. And he's not playing like he's motivated to be that guy, to lead that team in that capacity. Then they're down 3-0 in the series. They're going into game four, facing elimination. Halfway through the second period, he decides like, oh yeah, I'm going to play now. And he looked like the guy that they had in 2018. So that kind of stuff just drives me nuts to no end, mostly because I like the team, but also because like, if Why it's, haven't they if been it's doing it all along, if it's that easy of a decision at an individual level, why didn't you make it in game one or even in game two? Or even in game three. Like, what's, you know. Yeah, what's different from game to game? <laughs> even in right. the first period of game right. four. And, and everybody's making a big deal about, um, like, oh, they they shave their heads and they cut goatees out of their beards and Oshi may or may not have a mullet right now. Like, and everybody's <laughs> making a big deal about that. And, and I understand that, like, from, like, from playing, like, you do, like, ho- hockey players are habitual and they're in routines and 
they have superstitions. We all do, right? Even if they're not completely uh, paranoid and psychotic and stuff. <laughs> like, we, you know, you put pads on in a certain order. Or you do certain things a certain way. And, you know, they all decide, like, oh, we're going to, like, cut our hair weird and we're going to cut our facial hair, hair right. weird. That's not it. Like, <laughs> at some point, like, a player, like, and I'm going to single him out. He decided that in that like halfway through that second period, I'm going to play. And for me, that's a, like, that's a problem. You should show up. Like, yeah. you know, game one, show up. Game well, two, show up. Game three, show in up. In two with Kuznetsov. Yeah, in two with Kuznetsov, I, I've never, like, I say this all the time as a Penguins fan, like, Backstrom will go down as probably one of the better playmakers in the league during this era. But because, A, he's very quiet, and B, he's riding shotgun with Ovechkin, no one really talks about him. The guy's going to put up a 1,000 points in the next couple of years. No one will really mention anything. And, you know, he has a Stanley Cup trophy to his name. So, I mean, he'll be remembered very fondly. Who's nets off after that that cup run, you kind of were like, oh, man, like, especially as a Penn fan, like, man, Kuznetsov, they got Ovechkin still, they got Backstrom, we're screwed. Like, what are we really need like Gino and Sid to kind of, you know, keep going here. But Kuznetsov, at least in the regular season and definitely in playoffs since that cup run, he hasn't shown anything that really leads you to believe like, Oh man, this guy's going to be a super force. It's kind of like you said, maybe, maybe if I have a crazy goatee, I'll play tonight. Maybe Maybe if like, maybe if I look like Walter White. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think it's say my name. Well, well, too. Also, like I'm a I'm a big I'm a I'm a really big like kind of and you guys know how I operate. Like I'm not I'm not big into like the the hype up speeches and stuff. I'm not big yeah. into that because I do think like especially if you're at a pro level. But even like you get in our men's league, like people are like, oh come on. <laughs> I think if you're not motivated to skate, you're not going to motivate to skate. Someone yelling yeah. at me like Ray Lewis, like yelling at me, that, that does actually, if anything, that turns me more off because I'm like, I'm an adult. You shouldn't have to motivate me. I, I think that's the way, you know, a professional athlete to some extent should be wired. I know they, you know, all the NHL teams do a little goofy stuff and whatnot, but shaving your head and you know, all that, that's kind of a youth hockey goofball tactic. Like it's just a, it almost is like they did something to just take away from them for that day. But now that they can't reshave their heads or anything, what's going to happen in game five? Right, because now, <laughs> right now it's like, oh well, what we did shave. that? We did that and we won. So yeah, now I'm gonna I'm sure they take, could shave something. I'm gonna take the, the, the big razor to my head. <laughs> oh, yeah, my. like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just one one player who I've. I've been really impressed with those Matt Barzell in that series. Yeah. He's a threat every single time with his skating, with his playmaking ability. And the other thing too, I've been kind of impressed with, I didn't really realize how, how tough he is for the most part. Now I'm not saying fighting, but you know, Hathaway kind of went after him last night. Then the Islanders clearly stepped in, but you know, everyone's probably going to give Barzell shit from ducking that hit to some extent, but you looked at the play, Barzell was trying to make a play out of that. He wasn't going to be like, oh, you can hit me and take me off the puck. No, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and duck it. And I, yeah. he's he's really impressed me. Um, Kale McCarr, too. I won't go too deep oh, into it. But Kale McCarr yeah. has just looked amazing. I, amazing. I, I really like that kid. Like, I, because like, I like college hockey, right? We, 
watch a lot of college hockey and and especially hockey east and like even when he was in at umass uh like he like it was the same it was coast to coast plays all the time it was that first pass that stretch pass that he can find you know he finds those lanes that i don't think a lot of defensemen can find uh you know coming from their own end out um he's just he skates like the wind he's got gray hands he can finish around the net you know um complete player just awesome hopefully they can protect him though because it like it, arizona started going after him right and that was that was the whole thing like with kraus and mckinnon uh kraus you know boarded mccarr right so and then mckinnon comes in and acts like an animal um but but uh uh and arizona wasn't that physical in that series so i'm i'm a little concerned about guys like mccarr on that team um going against you know if they see um st louis or i don't know i don't i don't have the brackets in front of me but you know if they saw a team like that that's i think vegas is on their side of the brackets way bigger (laughs) so way more physical right like and uh, like how how's that going to affect mccarr because they're those type of teams are just going to put the puck behind them and then bang them on the boards right like they're not they're not going to wait for him to get the puck to go hit them they're going to put him in situations where they can go hit him um so you know we'll see i mean the kid can skate though like even if somebody's coming after him i think they're going to have a hard time catching up to well, he's a pretty he's a pretty big guy isn't he he is he is big yeah. yeah but i don't know if he's i don't know if he's played in a in a series or in a style of game where it's a who breaks down first you know right kind of kind of style of play you know we're gonna hit each other until More somebody decides that they quit you know right um, which is basically what St. Louis did to Boston in the cup final last year. Um, so I, I don't know how he would react to that. I don't know how some of their other players, players would react to that. Like, like even a cadre. I mean, you know, he was in Toronto for so long. They didn't make it out of the first round ever while he was there. They still haven't. Um, he actually mentioned that in his post game interview <laughs> after the Colorado game. Today. Which I'm glad. It was great. I'm very, I'm very I'm savage. savage. Yeah. He was, he was like, I've never been to the second round before. Well, and so... <laughs> he got, he got. But I, I don't know how. Yeah, Kadri unfortunately got it. You know. Yeah, Kadri got a lot of nonsense going out of Toronto because he got suspended. But also, part of me wants to say, like, well, if those Toronto, I mean, and granted, we're not in the locker room, so he can't say anything, but. But, you know, some of those guys have a little more backbone, kind of like Kadri, where, like, yeah, I may cross the line, but you're not going to get away with that shit. Like, Kadri had that edge. He was really the only player. Zach Hyman, as big as he is, he he bumps, but he is not going to be the one that's going to go kind of make you pay in the corner. Kadri will those guys. cross the line or not, however you want to say it. But, but it, you do. Yeah, you, but you my, need those guys. But my thing is – going into that second round right the competition and the tension is a little bit more um the physicality is going to pick up and they're in that conference they're going to be facing uh bigger more physical teams and style of play you know they're going to be 
they, they could potentially be facing St. Louis or Dallas, um, maybe even Vegas, depending on how things shake out, right? Uh, maybe Calgary makes yeah, it through somehow. And, that, and then he's got to deal with Kachuk, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, I, I don't think he's seen that before. I think he's always been kind of the guy that was on the edge and, and probably was the aggressor for Toronto, like you said. I don't think he's been on the team that is considered a contender and is probably going to go into most of those series, except for Vegas, as a favorite with targets on their backs. Like, I don't know how he would deal with that. I, I don't think he would be able to. I don't know if he has that that experience. Well, I, I think I think kind of to the matchup, though, like if you look at St. Louis, yeah, they're bigger, but I also do think they're not as fast as the Avs. I think if they play a team like Dallas, I think skating-wise, they can outskate them any day of the week. Yeah, and also, sure. Dallas has a problem scoring goals, unfortunately. With that roster, they have problems scoring goals, which is crazy <laughs> to say. They do. So, really, the only matchup, the matchup kind of in my eyes where it does get a little dicey for the Avs in terms of physicality and skating, it's going to be Vegas. Yeah. And the other thing, too, with Vegas, we've seen it so far when they played the Hawks, they have almost changed styles throughout the game. Yeah. Which I think if you're a team trying to match up against that, especially like a younger team, Kind of like the Avs, I think Jared Bednar does a really good job, but also as a young team, that's a lot of stuff to process in a very short amount of time. And I think, you know, the coaching staff and just the personnel they have on Vegas, too, they're very deep. I mean, they have, I mean, there's five or six players when the playoffs started. I kind of was like, oh my gosh, they have Statsney still? Like, I, <laughs> I forgot about him completely. And Pacioretty. Pacioretty only played a few of the games in the Blackhawks series. Yeah. So now he has his sea legs there. So, I mean, that could be, that could be a tough, tough series. And, um, you know, Vegas has both goaltenders going, which is, that's a little scary. Yeah. I mean, if, if one falters, the other one's right there. That's yeah. a good, good thing for Vegas to have. Yeah. Both are competitive, but. Well, I have both. them. <laughs> I have them on both of my brackets. They win the cup. So. <laughs> It's gonna happen. You I, heard I it here. So. <laughs> it's gonna happen. John, I'll bet you five dollars. <laughs> are you well, are you betting that you can get me to bet again? <laughs> I bet you one dollar. I can get you to bet <laughs> a dollar. <laughs> dollar Kick bet. Kick it there, bet. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we should go ahead and call it here for now. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And 